1: Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Martine and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. And then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who's an active member of AA I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting.
0: Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety.
1: So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism. Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it'll do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism and the alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it's an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink and this makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous Radio Show here on Plains FM ninety six point nine, and we're just about to interview a member of AA who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So, I wonder um, if if I could get you to introduce yourself and tell us your name and your age and how long you've been sober for.
0: Kira Martin. I'm Catherine. I'm fifty four, and I'm ten years sober this year.
1: Wow. That's great. And uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself, what what you do for a job, your family situation, whether you're married, whether you have children?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I do have two jobs in an administration and I'm married with two teenagers mm-hmm. and I'm also a daughter and a sister and, yeah, pretty busy. Could you please tell us about your childhood, what it was like growing up, what your family was like? Uh, I grew up in quite a big family, um, really kind uh had a, a religious kind of a, a background, um, which I was comfortable with. It wasn't extreme. It was just organized religion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things were pretty good on the whole. There were some things that went on that weren't great, but um, I never felt quite right. I never felt um, like everyone else. I felt mm-hmm. like an outsider, and I feel like now I know that that was – who I am, that's addiction in me from the beginning. Mm -hmm. It just took a really long time to work that out.
1: So could you tell us about your first drink, what it was like, how it made you feel?
0: Um, I used to have wee sips of things uh, around the place, and I think now that I... That was way too much of an interest for someone so young maybe that's like eight or whatever Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like I didn't have more than a sip here and there I'd just always have a sip of somebody's drink around the house there was a bit of alcohol around but not that much um mum and dad would have always have something at night a wine or a whiskey or something like that and yes I do remember thinking someone said to me in later years about oh god whiskey and I I remember thinking no I, I liked that um when I was 13, my brother thought it was a good idea to get me completely drunk, like really like blackout, um, very, very unwell. And I was only 13, and sure, I was with him and his friends, but he thought he was teaching me a lesson. And right. no, he wasn't because I thought, oh, uh, a few days later, oh, that'd be quite fun to do that again. So right. again, that's not quite right, is it? But anyway, that was my first big one. Um, I didn't really drink often for... Uh, a couple more years after that, Mm -hmm. but I was looking for it and waiting for it and I wanted to black out again. I thought that would be fun.
1: Right. (laughs) And so at what stage did you kind of think, I've got to the point where this is a problem?
0: Um, I first started thinking about it really being a problem a long time before I came into AA. Probably, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, about 20 years ago. And uh, I just knew that it was really hard to stop drinking. Right. Like, yeah. So that that's. But I just didn't want to admit that I had a problem. But yeah, that's really to be honest. When I first started thinking about it. Yeah. And I then uh, sought sought help for it. Went to AA for a couple of meetings and didn't stay. Right. Uh, and then it took another seven years, something like that, before I actually stopped drinking. So yeah. what was
1: your life like when you were fully in addiction?
0: Um, it was pretty awful. Yeah. The worst part of it was that I was really depressed, so right. I just didn't want to be here. Yeah. I just didn't – every night I'd think if I just don't wake up, that would be really good, and it was. there's no way to live. Yeah, um, yeah so – and drinking didn't actually help with any of that. It did. But then it didn't. Yeah. Um. The only thing that saved me from killing myself was that I just felt like I couldn't leave my kids in that way. Yeah. But yeah, it was it wasn't fun at all. And there were times way back in the early drinking days where it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. But it just, uh, it just took over my life, and I couldn't live without it. And I hated living with it. And yeah. Yeah. It wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm sure there are just so many people who can relate to exactly what you've said mm-hmm. around how, how they find it. So what what happened that made you, so you went to AA and then you, you left and or decided it wasn't for you and what, what went back, what what changed your mind?
0: Um, well, I tried all these different things to stop and mm-hmm. stay stopped and nothing worked, nothing. Right. I tried everything. I tried, you know, limiting drinks and I tried um, a lot of therapy, yeah. but I didn't talk to them about not drinking, yeah. so... You know, yeah. it couldn't really help me if I wasn't honest about that. I, um, yeah, I just tried lots of different things and I was so miserable and I thought, oh, this is the only thing I can see that's left. And I, as I say, I went to a couple of meetings, but I just sat there and listened to all the differences and didn't, was I just wasn't ready to accept that I was actually an alcoholic. Yeah. I didn't understand what an alcoholic was and how varied it is in AA There's so many different kinds of people um, I, I've had this idea that it was just someone that was really had nothing and was on a park bench and yeah um, had nothing and I had so much to to lose yeah um but I had so much so I thought oh yeah I'm okay but I wasn't um yeah so that was it it was like okay I'm gonna have to go and I just I was like damn it I just don't want to go and I went to a meeting and it was close to my where I worked and snuck in there because I just felt so much shame. Yeah, yeah. I don't now, but I did then. Yeah. And then um, promptly saw someone that I knew, which had been my biggest fear <laughs> again, which <laughs> yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. But at the time, that's yeah, I get it now. When other people talk about that, I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Mm. Um, but that was the best thing because she took me under her wing and yeah. really helped me. And, yeah, I still didn't completely give up. It took me... A few more months to really surrender and, and then I, yeah, I haven't drunk since, thank goodness.
1: So what did you think of the people when you went into the meeting? Were they friendly? What, what? They were. yeah,
0: They were amazing. And I didn't really have any expectation. I just didn't know. I just thought, oh, I just have to go. And I, I, you know, I was very negative, very depressed, very, everything was bleak. So, yeah, yeah. Um, But they were so lovely, particularly the women, and I know how it kind of works now, but I didn't know then. And so they were, yeah. I was the new person, and so um, they had gave me a um, a meeting list with all their numbers on. And uh, but as I say, I I did the when I walked in, there was someone I knew, and so there was that too. And so I had that connection with her, and she actually sponsored me for a wee while. But um, yeah, everyone was so lovely, and I also although I was quite confused. So I really didn't take a lot of stuff in. Um, There were things I saw on the wall and I was, oh yeah, radio. And and I was very self-centred and it was all about me as well. So I was very, like, I quite liked that everyone was making a fuss of me, you know. But of course that doesn't continue forever. Yeah, You're not the new person forever. So I had to get used to that as well. But Yeah, and it was was a really good experience. I definitely wanted to go back. I couldn't wait to go back, actually. I was like, oh, when's the next meeting? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Cool. So how have you managed 10 years? Can you talk us through the toolkit of everything? Yeah,
0: there's a toolkit. Yeah. Can't do it on my own. Um, That's what I loved about going to AA was that I kept hearing that message, you don't have to do this on your own. Mm. And I was like, oh, what a relief because I just – was trying to do it on my own. I was dishonest. I didn't talk to anybody else about my drinking. Yeah. Um. There was a lot of secret drinking going on. Mm-hmm. Um. There were so many secrets, and that's so hard to maintain. that. and I had yeah. young children, um, and I was just masking all the time, just pretending to be something I wasn't, um, and desperate for a drink all the time, um, to cope. Yeah. So my toolkit then and now is pretty much the same, only because I learned. From others, what to do? Yeah, um, I got a sponsor really quickly, and that's just because I thought that's what you had to do. Um, yeah. and the poor thing, um, she, <laughs> um, she was a person who I knew already, and right. it really didn't work very well because we worked at the same place and right. it was too close and too complex. And um, she was great, it was no fault on her side. So yeah, so I once I got another sponsor that settled me a bit more. Um, For me, um, it's a spiritual program, and so I had had this background of organized religion, which had been positive, so I'd left that. I just thought it was silly. Um, But yeah, yeah, everyone, fine, works for my parents, that's fine. Um, But I knew there was something bigger than me, I knew that, and so having this higher power, as I call it, or some people say God, um, that leaning into that and just remembering like, I'm not it yeah. and there's something bigger than me. I don't have to try and control and manage everything because that's such a relief when you stop doing that. Yeah, um, that I have to do that every day. I have to remember that every day. Yeah. So for me, I do pray. Um, I have no idea what I'm praying to. I I'd, I'd have a higher power that I don't know what it is and that's fine, which yeah. probably sounds odd. But uh, it took a while to work that out, definitely. Um, yeah. But from the beginning, I would just... To what I didn't understand. And these are all things that I got from other people. I didn't come up with any of this on my own. Um, yeah, and I knew about the steps, but that was pretty slow to start with, and that's yeah. fine, because I had to just really accept that my life was unmanageable. Yeah. And then I couldn't do this on my own. But then it became like, oh, I don't have to do this on my own. Yay. And um, And I made some friends as well. And for me, meetings were like, I just went to so many meetings yeah. um, which was challenging. so I had young kids, I had work, I had um, family, but I'm in a, once my husband knew that I was getting this help and saw the changes, he was all for me going to meetings. so that was really helped. I'm very grateful to him. Um, yeah, and the meetings just kept helping me. Understand more about how the program works, yeah. um, and making those connections as well as my sponsor, because it was really important to have, you know, other people, not just my sponsor, yeah. to be reliant on her. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure there are other things, but that's what I'm, what's coming to mind at the moment.
1: So, how how would you describe the Catherine who's here today <laughs> compared to the drinking and addiction, Catherine? What's changed in your life?
0: I'm so different. Um happiness most of all and contentment. Not happy, happy all the time, but um they talk about serenity, we talk about serenity and it's there. Yeah. Not all the time. Peacefulness, acceptance. Um, and I'm smiling because um yeah, acceptance can be an issue. Um, of a whole range of things. But yeah, just generally contented. I love that. Um you know, so most days I can wake up and go, thanks, thanks for this day. And at the end of the night, oh, thanks. And just be settled. Yeah. Um, things come up because they do. Life on life terms for everyone. There's always stuff. I've dealt with some really hard things in recovery. I dealt with hard things before recovery, but I don't have to drink to, to cope with them. Yeah, And um, it just... It's such a relief. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm just very different, and I'm, I'm, growing. It's still, yeah, it's going to be till the day I go. Yeah, leave the earth. I think, um, and I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, standing still. There's yeah. a lot more to do with recovery and with life. And what about
1: your relationships with people, like with your family and friends, and mm. and, and even your children? What are they like now?
0: Much better. Um, I'm much more even, even tempered to be with and honest. Um, I'm very open about my emotions, so I have to also <laughs> remember not everybody's at the same place as me, so yeah, um yeah I, I like I know they're better. they tell me they're better, yeah, um and as part of the program, I've made amends to everyone that I needed to in -hmm. my life um, for the past things and then now when things come up if I stuff something up because I do um, I can I've got this tool where I can actually take responsibility for that and apologise or whatever it takes to sort of try and help move forward from that Um, so that really helps with relationships definitely. Do you think
1: that's an important part of recovery is to clear up or make amends for the damage that you've done previously? I do. I right. do.
0: It changed my recovery. It changed my life when I was able to um, deal with that because it was so heavy to carry all of that stuff. Yeah. So heavy. And I didn't think I'd do it. I did not. I was, that is, I was like, that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll do everything, but I won't do that. Yeah. I just, it was so, I was. I can remember, I was adamant. My sponsor laughed. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about
1: sponsors, I think a lot of our listeners wouldn't know that that Catherine, um, that you and I share it, we're lucky enough to share Mm. a sponsor. How important has sponsorship been for you in your recovery?
0: For me, it's been essential. Um, And I just feel we're so lucky that we can find someone that we can um, travel on the journey of recovery so closely with. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's accountability. So I really need to... Have someone that I say, oh, you know, this happened this week, or or and share lovely things as well. And go, yeah. hey, this is going really well, and um and that and yeah, and she's really pleased for me and um helpful, and she's got good recovery, and yeah, it's such an interesting journey because I had a, a sponsor who um uh, it was not easy with, and um, for various reasons and. Um I feel like that will help me when I'm sponsoring though, to to know what didn't work for me. Yes. And um it yeah, you can't you you need to you know, if you knew, um, I really say get a sponsor early as I did, yeah. even though the first one was a bit tricky for her because I it was literally day one I asked yeah. her to be my sponsor. Um you don't have to get one done on day one. But it's good to get that support, uh and know that there are different times of life where sometimes you don't have the same sponsors. Something could happen, you might change countries or something like that or there's different times of life where you need different things in your recovery and Mm. um, it's okay to have different sponsors at different times. And if you do have one that's not quite working, depending on where you are in your recovery, usually you can work that out and find somebody else. Um, Yeah, but yes, I'm really pleased we've got the same sponsor. We're very lucky.
1: we are. We are indeed. AA is described as a spiritual program. What does spirituality mean to you?
0: Um, It's about, for me, I think I said before, it's about knowing that I'm not it. I'm not in charge of the world. And it's such a relief because I don't have to be. I don't. (laughs) Um, I didn't go around thinking, oh, I've I'm got, I'm but you know, I kind of acted like that, like everything was my responsibility and it felt really heavy and also controlling and manipulative and so me having a spiritual high a power that I uh, chat to, um, hand over things to and, and say, please can you help um, help me with these things and looking after everyone, you know, look after us all, um, that yeah, it just really helps me, and for me, the program wouldn't work if I didn't have some kind of higher power. and It is a spiritual program. Yeah. I think the main problem—it's um, not a problem, but misconception with AA, from my experience, whenever I've talked to anyone about being an AA, as they go, "Oh, it's religious," yeah, and it's like a negative thing. But but it's also that's not accurate. Mm. So I will very quickly say, no, it's actually not. Yeah. Um. And I think <laughs> when I came in, I met a lot of new people who, unfortunately, aren't around anymore. And they said, "I'm not staying because of God." Yeah. And I th- think actually, when you're a new alcoholic, a new person coming in, you'll look for any excuse not to stay. Yes. And so I think for some people, it's a convenient excuse. I'll yes. just use God as the excuse. Yeah. And um, but I do feel really grateful that I that wasn't actually an issue for me because yeah. I had. I felt like, oh, was so cheesy, but I really did feel like I'd come home. Right. Oh, I hate saying that, but it's just how it felt. Yeah. Um, I felt like, oh, yeah, God, that's comfortable. Yep, that's right, because I really had peace with our God when I was little. I can remember sitting with Dad at church, and I loved it. Yeah. Because it felt peaceful, and that's what I wanted. But I wanted to find some peace, and then I could be um, of use to other people. Service, you know.
1: So Catherine, how important do you think services in terms of people's recovery?
0: I think it's actually essential um, that's how it works. I don't think AA would be still standing if there wasn't you know we've got to do service and we I want to yeah. um, even just chatting today that's a kind of service. Mm-hmm. When I first came in I thought service was much more like it had to be very structured and you had to be kind of, up the head of the table or whatever. There is no head of the table, but I'd, I didn't understand it. And even just at different times in your life, you've got capacity to share and do service more than other times. So, mm-hmm. again, I had little children when I came in. It was just really hard. And that, I think one of the first things I did was just take care of um, helping make a cup of tea and yeah. have bickies and stuff. That's all I could do, really. But then someone even said about sharing at a meeting is mm-hmm. the service. Yeah. Um, And now I do um, a bit more. I'm involved in a variety of things, and it's great, and it's so good for me as well, selfishly. (laughs) But that you know, and then I can help others, and that's how it works. Because I'm so grateful for this life, and so if I can give back in any way, that's what I want to do. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I. Completely agree. So, if say someone's sitting at home listening to this and they think I don't know whether I'm an alcoholic or not, what's your piece of advice to them?
0: I'd say go to a meeting if you possibly can. If you can't for some reason or you just feel too scared to go to a meeting, you can send um, an email on the AA Help email, mm-hmm. um, and that is New Zealand wide. Um, there's also the 800 number, and you can just ring and have a connection talk. To- someone will tell you about how it works and then but yeah if you can just go to some meetings not just one um and that's how you work it out that's how you if you really don't know if you are i think once you're in the meeting you'll know yep. if you are
1: i agree Catherine. thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us for our listeners if you've related to anything you've heard or would like some more information about alcoholics anonymous you can look us up On the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800-AA-WORKS. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear more from AA members sharing their experiences. Our show is every Monday at 5:30 on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12:30 p.m. You can also find podcasts of our past show on Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and then listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember if you want to drink that's your business. If you want to stop we can help and you don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.